Amen. We welcome you this morning to Deliverance Temple. Amen. Thank God for the prayer and the praise. Thank you. Thank you and appreciate you for your giving. Come on, let's get our hearts and minds ready for the word of God. Glory to God. Amen. And I solicit your prayers as always. So let's uh, go through our confessions together as we customarily do. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Dear Father, bless our hearts with your word. Now come on, make some noise this morning. All right, so we're going to just start off with the title, and the title today is this. It is, I Hope You Dance. I Hope You Dance. What I'm going to do today is I'm not going to touch on the title until all the way at the end. So I'm going to set it up there, then I'm going to depart from it, and toward the end I'll come back and try to grab it and pick it up. But in order to do that, I want to go backwards a little bit and pick up last week's. And so we'll say last week's together. Last week's was called Shaken Faith. Somebody say Shaken Faith. And so, you know, we use the, the idea of the snow globe. That was something that really stuck in my mind and in my spirit to kind of help me. But I want to give us a definition of shaken one more time. And it is this. Having had one's composure or confidence upset, shocked, or disturbed. They're going to put that on the screen, and I'll read it one more time. Having had one's composure or confidence upset, shocked, or disturbed. Won't give too much attention to that because we all, we all know that that's been our state in uh, the last, really the last several years. And so... In order to make it make sense, I want to go to Psalms chapter 30. Just somebody say Psalms chapter 30. Psalms chapter 30. I say that to have you say that because I, I, it'd be good for you to pick it up and read it on your own. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come in the middle of the chapter and I'm going to move around with it for our purposes. So if you want to find the full context, it would be good for you just to pick it up and read it in its full context. But for what I'm communicating today specifically for us, it's going to need me to kind of play with the text a little bit. Not taking it really out of context, but doing it out of order for a reason. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off at verse 6. And I'm going to have Mother Mitchell read at verse 6. When I felt secure, I said... I will never be shaken. When I felt secure, this is uh, the psalmist talking, writing. When I felt secure, I said I would never be shaken. And so we talked about that last week 
how it is indeed we are unshakable, but we prove to you that you actually can be shaken. And so the writer here is saying, when times were up and I was secure and everything was going the way I needed to go, I confidently said, I will never be shaken. But life happens. So sometimes after you confidently speak that, especially in the church setting, when you get outside the doors, sometimes different things happen. So let's, let's see if there's any address to that. Let's look at verse 7. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. Look at, look at the duality of that, the dichotomy of that. Lord, when you favored me, Lord, when you had me on top, my royal mountain stood firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. In other words, the psalmist, the writer is saying, there was a time I was on top, but there was another time where I couldn't even find you, God. It almost felt like you actually hid your face from me and I was dismayed. It's important for us in church to be honest enough to say that there are times where I am leaping over walls and running through truths. But there are other times where I can't even seem to trace your presence in my life. And so David was in both states and he's speaking about them. And so since I dropped it in verse 6 and 7, I thought maybe if I back up a few verses, it would give me a little more context and understanding because my question is, how do you go from one verse to the other with such difference? One, I will never be shaken to, I don't even know where you are, God. How, how, how do you go that? So let's back up a few verses and see if I, I can get some explanation with a few verses. So let's back up to verse 4, Psalms 30, verse 4. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. Okay, I, th this makes sense to me because as we praise God, somebody said when praises go up, blessings come down. So, so maybe this is going to explain to me how David ended up in a situation that was so uh, diametrically opposed from each other. How he was one place that automatically he's another place and he's writing in the same chapter. So, so verse 4, okay, let's go to verse 5. This may give us some more understanding. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Now this confuses me even a little more because this is a scripture I've heard preached all my life and we've shouted about this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's beautiful, but by the time you get to verse 7, he's saying, I'm dismayed. I can't even find your face, God. And so I love David's honesty, but I'm wondering how does he go? How is he fluctuating so far so quickly from one verse to the other? Now, of course, the Psalms are songs. 
So he was writing his life and putting them in songs. So it's not like he was just actually going through that. But the fact that it was written the way it is, it makes me just wonder. And the reason why I'm saying that is because maybe, and I almost called this scripture, I mean, I almost called this sermon, I almost called it permission. And it was going to be permission to be human. See, we, we, we are so churchy. Sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to be human. And I want to prove to you that David didn't always have shouting, praising moments. Sometimes he had moments of God, where are you? And it was all in the same chapter. So it could be possibly you could be happy on Sunday morning and crying the blues on Monday. And you're still saved because you're still human. And so I want to give you permission to experience life as it comes and not always assume because you have a down moment that God is no longer on your side or you're no longer a good Christian. I used to think if I have a depressing day, something's wrong with my faith. Maybe nothing's wrong with my faith. Maybe I just had a bad day. And maybe you need to have permission to know it's okay to have a bad day, a bad moment a bad season and God still be going to use you. God still may have a plan for your life. And so I don't want you to be so uh, spiritual that you are afraid to live. Amen. And you're afraid to live honestly. Uh, Pastor Andre, how you doing today? Not that great. I just drank me four bottles of wine and I'm struggling. Well, it's better to do that than to always lie and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Sometimes you need Christians that'll just tell the truth. I'm blessed and highly favored, but I had a rough day. Yeah. I had a rough moment. Yeah. And if you'll pray with me and pray for me, I probably can get through it. But I got to tell you how it is right now. And I like, as I'm beginning to study the Psalms, I like how David sometimes just spoke the truth. And, it, it, and even though I've read this countless times, I forgot how close I'm dismayed was to weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes on the in the morning. Normally when preachers preach that, that's how we end the sermon. Joy is coming in the morning, but that ain't how David ended. David ended it, uh, he, he didn't end it, but he kept on saying it's like, actually, I'm dismayed right now. So, so a, a lot of uh, up and down. So I, I want to go to verse 8. I'm going to drop a verse. I mean, we were, we were in seven. I'm going backwards, back down to where we were. So we started in six and seven. We went up to four and five, coming back to verse eight. To you, Lord, I call. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. This is one of the reasons why it's good to be honest is so that uh, sometimes church people, they put on such a church face, they forget and they put the church face on for God too. So... I tell Ruthie I'm blessed and highly favored, but when I go home and it's time to pray, I, I, I'm praying these big prayers. But David was like, let me just be honest. Lord, I'm crying to you for some mercy. 
I, I'm crying to you, God. I'm crying out. Yet, yes, I, maybe I got through Sunday morning and nobody knew how bad it was for me. And I hugged everybody. I did what I was supposed to do. But I don't want to come before you, God, and, and, and keep playing like everything's okay. Sometimes you have to pretend everything's okay because of what, the nature of what you do. You can't always just flip out all the time. So sometimes you do have to hold it together till you can get by yourself. But the problem is if you do it so long, you forget to let God know what it really is. And then you have religious people that will say things to you like, don't question God. But they're not telling you the true story. You, we're not questioning God's authority. But some things that happen leaves us with questions that only God can answer. And so if I'm going to ask anybody, I got to ask God. Well, no, no, don't got, no, no. You don't know the relationship I have with God. I need him to talk to me. Lord, I need your mercy. All right, so let, let's, let's move a little further. Remember, I'm not even going to talk about the title. I'm going to come all the way at the end and get that. Let's look at verse 10. Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. Lord, be my help. And so he's calling out for mercy, and he just says, and I've said it in many messages before, and I'll say it again, sometimes the greatest prayer you could ever pray is, Lord, help me. Whew, God, help me. And if I'm being honest, that's all I've been saying. I, I, my, my, my prayers ain't been real deep. I do know how to speak in tongues, but I ain't been doing a whole lot of speaking in tongues. All I've had to say is, God, help me. God, help me. Me, Jesus, help me. Some, so, and sometimes that's your prayer. And I don't want you to think less of it because it's not as eloquent as Father God. Oh, will you stop by and see about me? Father God, move and crack the sky and open the winds and move the clouds and undergird me. I don't care if you can't pray like that. Sometimes your help me is just as good as all that. Because the help me cuts to the core of where you are. If I could do it by myself, I would have done it by now. If I could fix it by myself, I would have fixed it by now. But God, I don't have nobody to turn to but you. And so God, I'm pleading, help me. Now some people, uh, faithful people say that you, sh you, you don't have to beg God. And it's true, you don't have to beg God because his word says there are certain promises. But sometimes you get in a season where you feel like you need to beg. God, help me, please. I'm begging you, come through. And what I'm trying to let you know, it's okay. You're still saved. God still loves you. You are in what we call a storm, a challenge, and it's okay to be human in the challenge. And in the challenge, you may not get everything right in the challenge. Let, let, let me give you an, an example. When, when, when you look at a marriage and, and someone says, like, we've been married 60 years. We're like, whoo, that's amazing. Look at that, especially if they're black people. Ooh, look at black love. But, but not all the 60 years were high years. If you go back and look at their story, there's a lot in there. But here's the thing. It's we celebrate the ending. So the only thing you have to do is not give up until you can get to the end. You don't have to have 
perfect days all the way through. You don't have to have triumph all the way through. You don't have to be on top of your game all the way through. You could be a good husband and have a bad day. You could be a great wife and have a bad day. Do you know you can be a good cook and still mess up a recipe? It doesn't detract from the fact that you're a good cook, but you mess something up. Let me give you an example. My, my, my daughter is 10 years old, but sometimes I think she's 30. Because she thinks and she talks on a level that I'm thinking, you've been here before. You are an old woman trapped in a young woman's body. Really smart beyond her years, and she can do a lot of stuff. But the other day, she just messed up. She had a kid moment. I'm sleeping, and next thing you know, I wake up. And my room smells like smoke. And I'm on the upstairs. And then Dylan tries to explain to me what happened. She got ready to cook her some of that Velveeta uh, macaroni cheese that she likes. She put it in the microwave and forgot to put the water in the cup. And so it burned up and it made a mess. But guess what? She's still a smart child. She just made a mistake. She just had a moment where she wasn't thinking all the way through. Now, guess what? That moment could have cost dearly. Sometimes because our moments cost, we feel like we're nothing. You just had a bad moment. I want you to know you're still okay. Get back up. You're all right. You had a bad moment. You're a good husband. You had a lustful moment. You're a good wife. You had a lustful moment. You are a good Christian you had a cussing moment. You are a good Christian. You had an addictive moment. And what I need you to understand is if you can trust God to help you, then you don't have to get everything right along the way and you still saved. Now here's the problem. Many times people run into us on our worst moments. And they frame in their mind who we are. They peg our future based off of our worst moments. But what you don't understand, you met me at a bad time. See, if you met my daughter at the time she burned up the macaroni, you might say she's a stupid kid. But if you spend some time with her, you know she's not a stupid kid. And you have people in your life that judging you on old stuff and you gotta let people know that's who I used to be that's who I was but that's not where I'm headed and if you can't see where I'm headed maybe me and you need to part ways yeah, yeah. I need somebody that'll believe in me when I'm up but believe in me when I'm down I need somebody that'll believe in me when I'm high, but believe in me when I'm low. And I'm trying to tell you I'm that kind of pastor because I too have up days and I have down days. Now, it's okay for y'all, but don't let the pastor do it. Now, now y'all don't mind, but out there in them Facebook streets, let me mess up real bad. Let me do something that folk really don't like. Or let me not mess up and they assume I messed up. Let, let me get a new car. And then let something happen to the building. And the folk would say, if he, if he didn't take the church money and buy a new car, they could have fixed the building. 
They just assume. And you can't worry about the people who do all this assume. You just got to live your life the best way you can. Now, let, let, me, let me not be a pastor for a second. Let me be Dre for a moment. The first three letters in assume show you what them, what them people are. So you ain't even got to worry about that. You just live your life the best way you know how. And let me get back into being pastor. That what, don't blame pastor for that. Dre said that. All right. So now I'm going, I'm going to ask the question again as I'm looking at that scripture. I'm going to ask the question again. David, I wonder what happened. What's beautiful is when you look at the Psalms, you can actually trace back in the history of David's life and pair them up and see what he was going through. And so I just want to put that on the screen and just uh, look at it as a question. What happened? A lot of people look at you on your worst moments and say, what happened? And here's the easiest answer you could have for people. Put this up. This is just a simple answer. Life happened. What, did you stop fasting? No, I didn't stop fasting. Life happened. Well, how, how did y'all get divorced? Life happened. How, 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 did your, your, uh, how, how did your spouse end up in jail? Life happened. Sometimes you ain't got to explain everything to everybody. Life happened. And if people are honest, life happens to me and life happens to you. You know, I, I, I've been at General Motors 23 years. And there's some people that got hired on when I got hired on. And they're not there anymore. And I can, be, I can laugh. I can talk about them. Or I can just simply say, life happened. Because sometimes people want to come to you to get information about somebody else. Well, didn't you and so-and-so, didn't y'all start school the same time? What happened to them? Life happened. I'm not explaining a bunch of stuff because here's the thing. If I laugh at them when life happens to them, then what's going to happen when life happens to me? So life happened. Let, let, let me put this up. I, uh, this, the snow globe gave me a really good mental picture. Maybe this will give you a mental picture too. Put this up. We've all played this. That's a teeter-totter. And life is a lot like this teeter-totter. Go ahead and make keep it solid. Depending on who's on the other end, you're going to be up or you're going to be down. And you really can't control it. Unless you can gain weight real quick or lose weight real quick, depending what's on the other end is going to determine whether you're up or down. All right, you can come off of that picture now. So let me just put it to you like this. Sometimes you are saved, sanctified, but what got on the other side of that teeter-totter shot you up, and that's great. And sometimes you're heavy, and burdens of life have got you low, and there's nothing you can do about it. If you, if you sit on the teeter-totter by yourself, automatically you're going to be down and the thing's going to be up. You need something else to come and balance it, but life doesn't always come in balance. Sometimes life comes in waves. Sometimes it's good waves. Sometimes it's bad waves. Sometimes it's excruciating waves. I don't mind good and bad, I mind when bad turns to excruciating because I want a break in between. Let me have some up times. Let me have some up times, but sometimes life just happens and we're still saved. We're still faithful people. 
but we've got to work through it. So that's why I'm talking through it so, so that we can just be, be a little honest because I, 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 I can only be me. I can't lie and make up stuff for you. I'm not up right now. Right now I'm down. I'm preaching to you the best way I know how, but I'm down right now. And I ain't going to lie. Ain't no need me trying to lie. I'm down because life keeps happening. And it's happening in such a fashion that it makes you wonder. Let me not put you in there. It makes me wonder, am I even effective? Because if I was effective, would I go through all this? And sometimes I just have to understand, yes, Andre, you're still effective. Life has just happened. But I don't always want to listen to that. I don't want to be like, no, shoot, let's just let me quit. Let's just, let's just walk away from all. But I can't walk away from it all because I got a calling on my life. So I got to stay. I got to get back up. I got to face the fire. But I'm tired of the fire being so hot. Turn it down, God. Give me a break, God. Give me relief, God. I'm tired of preaching hope and people not getting hope. God, what's going on? So I'm down right now. It's just momentary. I, I know it won't last forever, but it is where we are right now. It's where I is right now. One of my most favorite sayings I've learned as I got older is, it is what it is. It may not be what it will be, but I'm honest. Right now, I'm not at will be. I'm at is. And I is is frustrated. I is is tired. I is is wore out. And I'm is is wondering, God, when you going to do the stuff I've been preaching about? That's just what it is. May not be what it will be, but that's what it is. Let's. Let, let's go even further. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to talk about life for a second. So, so this is Solomon. And Solomon, the, the, uh, the richest man that ever lived, they got it down between him and Mansa Musa, are the richest people that ever lived in the entire universe. And Solomon had wisdom, but he kind of got off toward the end. And so when he writes in Ecclesiastes, he's just very, very honest. And he begins to talk about life. He calls life vanity. He's like, it's, it's not a lot. So he, he covers a lot of stuff. But in Ecclesiastes 3, he gives us something about life that is quite interesting. Let's look at Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So one of the reasons why you can't just take a season and just... Cast off restraints. One one of the scriptures of sin is about uh, lasciviousness, which means you just cast off restraint and you just you just go crazy, do anything. Even though I'm having some down moments, I keep my life in a certain set of boundaries. Well, pastor, pastor said he was uh, having a hard time, so he went to the strip club. No, not pastor's not going to do that because pastor's still a pastor. Pastor's still married, and Devin still know how to fight. So I'm staying. Within some boundaries. So I'm not just going to go crazy. You don't have to worry about that. I'm not just going to go crazy. But another reason why is I understand what, what Solomon is saying. He said everything has a season or a time. In other words, life is actually cyclical in its nature. It, it, it won't always be up, but it won't always be down. It actually flows in seasons. In other words, in Indiana, you know you're going to get four seasons. 
sometimes you're going to get four seasons in one day dealing with Indiana weather. But you, you, you know at a certain point, the sun that's shining is not going to shine forever. You know, at a certain point, frost is going to show up on your windshield. And so what you have to do, you have to just be prepared. You, you cannot wear a bikini in 35 degree weather unless something's wrong with your mind. You have to know there's a time to put the bikini up and pull out the sweater. It's a time. You have to understand that things come with time. And I don't care if you don't like the winter. As long as you're living here, it's not going to be sunshine forever. But also, it's not going to be cold. Forever. You have to learn how to prepare, and sometimes you have to learn how to uh, play the long game. What's the long game? I may start off with a jacket, but I got another layer underneath because if it changes, I can come out the jacket and I got something else underneath. But if it turns cold, I can put the jacket back on. In other words, for whatever season, I'm prepared. I, one thing I like about women who are like that is, especially like, like my mom and my wife, when we go on vacation, they pack extra stuff just in case. I ask Alexa, what's the weather going to be like? And that's how I'm going to pack. But they, Alexa's not always right. And so my mom and Devin, they may pack an umbrella just in case. And so then when it starts raining, I don't have to look for something because somebody on my team was prepared just in case. And what I'm trying to do is prepare you. And here's the thing. If you are in a good season, then stay prepared for your friend who might be in a bad season. And don't try to hurry your friend out of it because you tired. See, a true friend will say, I'm going to get in this weather with you until we both get out of it together. I may be in a sunshiny time, but you're in a wintry time. So I'm coming in your winter and I'm going to stay with you in your winter until we both can get to the sunshine. That's what friends do. So, so these seasons are important. Let, let's look at verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. Okay, let's look at verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Let's look at verse 4, but let's only look at the first sentence. Read the first sentence. A time to cry. And a time to laugh. And we'll stop right there. Uh, and you can put the camera on me. Uh, so I'm looking at this, and, and I've, I've read, once again, I've read this a lot. But new seasons make you see new things. Up until this point, everything that the writer Solomon is saying, it's kind of is like an opposite that actually work together, like a salt and pepper, peanut butter, jelly, dog, and cat. They all seem to work together. But the last sentence that I didn't read was something I did not expect because it normally doesn't go together. Let's put this scripture back up. Let's read it again. Actually, I'll read the fullness. Verse 4. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. 
Now, I understand laughing and crying because they seem to be close together. But grieving and dancing, they normally, they don't seem like opposites. They seem to be different. So I wonder why Solomon put those two together. And as I was studying and as I'm just trying to do the best I can to lead y'all the best way I know how, I saw that and I was like, there's something there. But since I started in Psalms 30, I actually want to go back to Psalms 30 and see if I can make sense of why Solomon said what he said right there. So uh, flash Psalms 30 up on the screen for a second. We're going to go back to where we were. We stopped in verse 10. So let's read verse 10 again. Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. He was crying out for help. And look at what verse 11 says. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. So the reason why grieving and dancing go together, because there's only one person that can turn your mourning into dancing. We're not there yet. And we won't get there tomorrow. It may take some time but there's a promise that we know the God that will turn your mourning into dancing. And here's the reason why. He said because he clothes you with joy. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness, you have to have the right things happening in order to have happiness. But joy comes from what you know. Yeah. Knowing that my labor is not in vain. I may not be dancing now. But one day Hallelujah. I'm going to dance again. I may not be happy now. But one day I'm going to have joy again. I may be confused now. But one day I'm going to have peace again and I know and I serve the only one that can take a negative and flip it into a positive and make me have joy somewhere toward the end of the process won't be at the beginning of the process probably won't be at the middle but somewhere in the process he's going to turn our morning into dancing let's look at verse 12 that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Woo, woo, I like that. Let me pause. I, I told you earlier as we were praising, I said, thank you for praising for me because I'm not in a praising mood. In other words, I'm silent. And I'm silent for some of the things that I, I, I told you about. There's, there's, uh, there's other stuff going on. And so it's difficult to praise like I normally would praise but he says, I'm going to turn your mourning to dancing so your praise can't be silent. In other words, I'm going to do something so marvelous in your life that you're going to shake your head at it. And all you can do is praise and you won't be able to praise silent. In other words, there's coming a day you won't have to praise for me. You're going to be praising with me because God's going to turn it in my favor some way, somehow. I don't know how. I don't know when. I'm not even worried about it, but I'm trusting you, God. And God, if you can do it, I need you to do it. And God, if you can put the stars in the sky, 
God, you can fix my situation. So I'm holding on till you do it. It may not happen tomorrow, but I'm holding on. It may not happen by the end of 2023, but I'm holding on. And one day, I'm going to praise again. One day, I'm going to shout again. One day, I'm going to dance again. One day. So I'm holding on for dear life. I'm, I'm holding on. Hold to God's unchanging hand. I'm, I'm holding. I, I'm, I, I might be struggling, but I'm going to struggle. One thing about it, devil, you're not going to take me out easily. If I backslide, it's because I chose to. I just chose to walk away. But the devil ain't going to force me to backslide. You ain't going to force me to quit. You're not going to hit me with so much that no, no, you gonna, I'm going to struggle. I may not get it right the whole time. I may be like the teeter-totter up and down, but I'm not letting this thing go without a fight. You're going to have to fight it out of me. You're going to have to force it out of me because I'm, I'm not quitting. I've come too far. I don't feel no ways tired. Cause I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. I don't believe you brought me this far for deliverance simple to fold now. I don't believe you brought me this far for my marriage to fail now. I don't believe you brought me this far for me to go broke now. I don't believe you brought me this far for me to lose my mind now. I don't believe you brought me this far for me to get addicted now. I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. So, still in it. Still fighting. Still pushing. One thing about your, your leader, I ain't scared. I'm, I, 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 I don't like it. But I'm, I'm getting up. I don't like it, but I'm coming back. Do you know I have enough pastor friends to call and say, well, y'all just preach for two months so I can get my mind back right? I can do that, but no, we fighting this thing together. I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not hiding. I'm with y'all in this thing. One thing they're going to say about Deliverance Temple, them people got delivered. Them people got over why are them folk dancing? Don't expect it to happen next Sunday, but there's going to come a time when we're going to be dancing and folk going to be looking around why they dancing and we won't even have time to explain it to them. Just dance with me while I'm dancing. I'm going to have a Michael Jackson anointing come over me and I'm going to dance until I can dance no more. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I dance like David danced. He's going to turn my morning into dancing. When are they going to do it? I don't know. Wish you would have done it yesterday. And the day before. And the day before. But guess what? He's going to do it. So I'm going to hold on. But I got I to gotta add something else. Two more things and then I'm going to close. So I'm going to put the title back up. Remember, I told you I was going to get back to this. I hope you dance. Actually, this is a country song. Now to my, to my, uh, my white Deliverance Temple members, maybe y'all know it. Maybe some of my black Deliverance Temple members don't, don't know. But it's a song by Leanne Womack. song that I actually like. And it started playing in my head. I, hadn't, I ain't heard this song in, in ages. And it just started playing in my head. And here's some lyrics from the song. Because I want to add this. Because it's still a choice. Put this up. 
says, I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean. Whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. Promise me that you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you dance. Let me, let me say this. Because of what we've all gone through, we could just sit it out. I ain't talking about backsliding. I'm just talking about we can just say, listen, I'm just going to wait till heaven. I'm sitting it out. I'm not going to do much. I'm not going to believe for much. I'm just going to exist. And we've been through enough to choose that option. But here's what I'm asking. If you get the chance to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you choose to dance. And what does that mean? I hope you choose to breathe again. I hope you choose to live again. I hope you choose to hope again. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me too. I hope when the opportunity comes that I've been waiting for all my life that I, don't, I just shake my head and I'm like, nah. Pastor Andre, would you come preach for 5,000 people? Nope. It ain't going to do nothing anyway. I hope when the opportunity comes I don't sit it out and say, call the next one because I'm tired. I hope I still dance. I hope I still dance. If I get the chance, I hope I still dance. One final thing, and then we're going to do our communion. I'm going to give us another thought to think of in another way. Somebody said it, say, run anyway. Run anyway. So I hope you dance, but this, this, this is just another thought that might be helpful. So I was with my, my niece yesterday with my family. I went to see her softball game, and it, it, it was fun to watch the, the girls play. And several girls struck out. They were trying their best, and they just struck out. They were swinging, but they struck out. They had three chances like everybody else, and they struck out. But then I noticed that they would strike out, and after a while, they would run to first base. And I was a little confused about it because I watched them strike out. I watched them miss, and then they were running to first base like they hit. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but that ain't the way it's supposed to work. But then my sister told me, she said, for this league, they have a rule that even if you strike out, you can still run and try to make first base anyway. And it's to get them basically to have fun. And that stuck with me. Because sometimes in life, you strike all the way out. And there's no fault of your own. You did your best, tried your best, you just struck out. But I'm encouraging you to run anyway. Go grab a base anyway. When the crowd is telling you you're out, give up. 
quit. Go home. I want you to run anyway. I want you to dance anyway. I want you to hope anyway. Even when it looks like you're lost. I'm telling you, I know somebody that changed the rules for you. And the devil is saying, strike three, go. But you're running and you're going toward base because God will shift the rules in your favor. And I need somebody for me and for the families that are hurting. I need somebody to run anyway. Even when it looks like you struck out, run anyway. Because there were some girls that struck out and got on base and were able to steal base and come all the way home and the run counted. They struck out and their run still counted because somebody had altered the rules in their favor. And I'm here to let you know God can still alter the rules in your favor. He can change the rules in your favor. So you may have failed but run anyway. You may be down in the dumps but dance anyway. Try anyway. Hope anyway. You can still make it. We can still make it. Somebody say it. We can still make it. Because God's going to change the rules in our favor. Come on, let's uh, get ready for our communion. That's how we're closing. I hope you dance. You can stand if you desire. Yes, that's it. Help us, God. We're taking this communion so that we can dance. So that we can run anyway. We're taking it hopeful. So let's put up that first verse and Mother Mitchell, would you read? And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and brake it and gave to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. All right, let's eat. Father, we take your body, we eat. I'll read verse 23. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, Father, we thank you. He gave it to them, and they all drank of it. Now let's drink together. Amen. Now, Mother Mitchell, would you read that final verse? And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, I hope we can dance. You are the one who could do it for us, not just us, but the entire city that seems to be so challenged 
by so much hurt and so much pain. God, when the opportunity comes, first of all, we pray that you would do what your word said, that you would turn our mourning into dancing. And God, when we get that opportunity, I hope we dance. And God changed the rules so we can run anyway and still be effective even in this season. And for that, I praise you, thank you, and love you. Let everybody say amen and amen. God bless you. We love you so much, dearly. If you need prayer for anything, we can pray with you. And have a wonderful day. God bless you, online audience. We love you.